Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by the big dog, Gooey Fame. How are you, Goo? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy. This uh, bittersweet moment. Well, yeah, the, so the actual <laughs> the actual topic of today is fairly bittersweet, and I, I have a lot of thoughts to unpack. But as of right now, you know, it's it's like super disgustingly hot in Calgary. It's like Chicago hot in Calgary right now. And like, it's just oh, kind of no. nice. It's a nice <laughs> afternoon. I'm, I'm off work. I'm leaving on my trip pretty soon. So I'm, I'm in pretty good spirits, actually. Okay. Chicago hot. It's a good thing in this situation. Well, I I don't know. I, it's, it's a little bit too hot for my liking. But uh, like, I am also just like plonking inside with you know my air conditioning so it's not really that bad it looks nice outside you don't have room to complain yeah yeah basically um (laughs) fair enough bittersweet bittersweet moment today Mm -hmm. um but let me tell you about something that's not bittersweet and something that is in fact very sweet goo and that is the shirt that i'm wearing right now too sweet almost on that shirt is (laughs) fashioned the most powerful logo maybe ever created. And that, of course, is the Virtual Theater logo. Yes, that's yes. right. Finally, 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 if you want to uh, if you want to rep Virtual Theater and, uh, you know, show your love for the show. And uh, I think, like, you know, showing your love for Virtual Theater just kind of shows your love for video game movies in general. I feel like at this point, because I think we're kind of a symbol for that now. We're like, we're like the the champion of video game movies. Um, If you want to do that, you can head over to the Zelda Dungeon Etsy store. And uh, you won't have to search very long or very hard. One of the first things that will pop up is the virtual theater uh, merchandise or sweaters or shirts, whatever. I've got a sweater and uh, it turned out great. The print was great and it looks very cool. It's warm. Uh, which isn't good on a day like today, but uh, you know what I mean. They they look uh, they look fresh. So if you uh, if you want to support the show and and rock our colors and, and show your love by God of video game movies, uh, Zelda Dungeon Etsy store is a place where you can uh, grab that. Yeah, it's about time we start sticking up for them. Yeah, and, you know I <laughs> I feel like generally I I don't know. Would you? This actually kind of ties into a conversation I feel like about our journey with the Resident Evil series in particular. But I think that, I don't know, would you agree with this? I think that when we started this podcast, it was maybe with a more, like, I don't know, maybe even subliminally, our intention might have been to, like, point out what was wrong with all these video game movies and how they could be better. And, like, Mm -hmm. slowly it kind of morphed into, like, there's actually really nothing wrong with these movies. And, like, I don't know why they're getting dogged on. I mean, as a general blanket statement, of course there's, you know the stinkers that we've covered and whatever, but I kind of feel like that's the, the metamorphosis of this podcast over the years. Yeah. To like, I, I would agree that this series, I felt that watching this, like by, like by the time you're watching the last or really, I don't know, pretty early on in this series, like it gets pretty confident in what it's going for. I think, you know, I mean, granted it takes a lot of twists and it, it undoes things from previous movies, but they're, like, very sure of themselves. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel about my uh, my journey of, like, coming to, like, video game movies. Where at first it was, like, 
just you go into it with the presumption of like oh it's bad and then after a while being like you know it's not so bad and then now i'm kind of championing them i'm like i'm like actually <laughs> well you you tweeted the other day like that they're so much worse now um, well they are it's yeah it, it's not even i just like i respect i guess like it it how do I put this? I, 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 like, respect this movie, and I think it took a while for me to get there. And actually, I think in my journey on this podcast, I point to um, Resident Evil Apocalypse, the, so the second movie, as kind of like a turning point where... It, and, and, I, and actually, I think, coincidentally enough, that's kind of the moment that you were just talking about where it's like, okay, this series is, like, confident, and it's going to be this, and that it makes its decision in that movie what this series is going to be all about. And I was just like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Like, I I wish that this series wasn't like this. And then, like, uh, you know, kind of upon reflection, I actually, I listened to that episode, and I almost never listened to our own episodes. But I listened to that one, and I was like, I don't know, I feel like I'm just kind of being a brat, or, like, just, like, appreciating <laughs> well, the movie for, for like, what it, what it is, rather than what I wanted it to be. And I think, like, once I kind of had that perspective of, like, you know, watch these movies as they are, and not what I think that they should be. Um, I, I think that that kind of changed my perspective, mm. which is actually kind of funny because I've always loved a Super Mario Bros. movie, and I feel like that kind of definitely falls under that, like, I love it for what it is and not what perhaps I thought mm. it should have been. So, yeah, th- this series is kind of uh, emblematic uh, of our, you know, of our journey um, er, and my personal oh, journey with these movies. Yeah. yeah, That's a risk you take of, like, recording yourself <laughs> publicly for, like, five years yeah. or however long is that <laughs> like that's that's just pretty much me like every few years i kind of you know your tastes change and stuff yeah and, or you know you kind of mature or whatever and uh part of part of this for me has definitely been like yeah like all those commentaries we've done of those first few movies that we ever covered were like the first time we talked about them i was just like i feel like i was like looking for things to like dislike almost you know yeah because like not because uh, i think more because it was just like not actively searching for it but just like it's in the back of your mind like i, I think oh, it's on a subliminal bad, level bad, you know yeah You're like we've been conditioned <laughs> for i mean you and i are are of the same age and like we've basically been conditioned our entire lives that like these video game movies are awful and only lately have they started to get really good when I feel like, in fact, if you actually journey through like the, the history of the video game movie, it's kind of the opposite where it's like they, they used to be, I mean, yes, they used to be silly and completely sometimes different than the source material, but like they had an identity and they, they just had, I don't know. So like something that made them stand out and stand on their own two feet. Whereas like, I look mm-hmm. at a series like, um, I'll use The Last of Us, actually, which is, I actually think that that show is probably going to be really good. Um, but, like, I I don't know. I, I'm just like, what, like, what is this, what is the purpose of this for existing? Because it's the same story, just a live action of a game that's almost like a, a playable movie in and of itself. So, I, I don't know. I mean, this is just kind of a, you know, reflecting back on where we started and where we got to and... Uh, yeah, you know, definitely, you know, our, our tastes have changed and we've kind of opinions have, have, have changed a little bit and maybe what we're looking for in these movies. But yeah, I, I feel like once we kind of got rid of that stigma of like 
these movies are really bad. And it's just like, okay, let's just watch like a regular old movie. Maybe it's going to be bad. Maybe it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. You can find a lot more and joy in these video game movies. And that, that it's, it, I always too think like, it's not to say like, you have to like them all. You know what I mean? Cause we of went, course. we just recently did our, our commentary on like doom. And, and I was kind of in there look trying to like, okay, look on the positive side. And there was like, a lot of things I liked about it, but like it's still overall doesn't fully work for me as a movie, you know. So I feel like there's still like you know you don't have you don't mm. have to like the Resident Evil movies, but I think you know uh, just maybe go out yeah. into them with with no pretension, you know, of like you know this isn't I don't know. It, it, yeah, like, I, I think that's fair. Goofiness is part of it. I think you know I, I I find that a charming element of these movies is that they're they're a little silly, you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they. They they are, go like, for it, like yeah, they're maybe yeah, they're going for it, which I think I I really appreciate. Yeah. I find it very charming. Um, yeah, like I I, I agree with what you said. Like it, you don't have to like a movie. Actually, I might drop a hot take here right at the very beginning that we can circle back to. But I don't. I actually think that this isn't like the strongest Resident Evil movie of the Paul series. But like. There are still no, par- yeah. there are still like parts where I'm just like oh okay like this is uh, this is pretty cool this is really fun, um, you know but so like you can take away the positives without like hyper focusing on the negatives I guess so yeah mm-hmm. I'm excited to get into this if you haven't uh, obviously pieced it together by the episode title and our talking here we are concluding the Paul W S Anderson Resident Evil saga six movies yes wow. Six movies. That's actually like a it's, hell of an accomplishment. I know it's it's wild too because every every time there's there's a lot of things like this, but every time one came out, I would remember like the backlash to it would always be like, oh, "Why are they making another one?" And it's like, well, apparently, you know, like apparently they can keep doing it. Like I don't know what's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Why um, not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this, uh, you could really say that, like, this was the first successful video game movie franchise. And, yeah, the the movies, I think they all kind of came out to diminishing returns, mostly. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, still six movies over the course of, like, 16 years or whatever is a, it's a pretty big accomplishment. It's crazy, and, like, I think actually, that Paul yeah. W. deserves a lot of credit for that. And, you know, I mean, not to mention the other video game adaptations that he's done as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's cool that he's kind of now he's got the Monster Hunter that just came out. Well, that was like two years ago at this point, but I like that they're still they're still going, you know, it's like a spiritual successor still. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Keeping okay, Resident so, Evil alive. <laughs> well, actually, and that being said, there is like a ton of Resident Evil stuff. There's the. uh like the the movie reboot movie that they made. There's the series that just came out on Netflix, which has actually already been canceled after one series or one. The show season, got canceled. Sorry. We haven't seen it. Um, well, it's funny actually. <clears throat> I was just thinking how you're saying we're like we're sort of the champions of video game movies, but we are also like <laughs> a lot of the recent ones we haven't really checked out. I think I don't know if it's just like waning interest in them, but I will say I did. Eat, I've said this before, I did see that new Resident Evil movie, and um, every single Paul W. Resident Evil movie is better than the new one, which is way more faithful to the games. 
Right. It yeah. Is total garbage. Well, so, uh, I kind of wanted to do a little historia of the Paul Resident Evil movies here, and kind of take us through some of the just like the bullet That's point good. plot points highlights from each movie. Um, so here we go. That's and you can useful, chime in because. Yeah, they do that in the beginning of the past few movies, and it's. I feel like they have to do it because they always set something up that they don't totally disregard, but they always like go a different way with it. And so yeah. I feel like we almost need the the catch up. Um, so here we go. So the uh, the first Resident <clears throat> Evil movie, as we all know, um, introduces us to Alice, our our main character, that is going to be present throughout uh, throughout this movie and we learn about the hive and the, the movie takes place in the hive which is an underground umbrella facility beneath raccoon city we learn that the t-virus has broken out it's infecting everyone in the hive there is an ai program called the red queen which is trying to contain it we don't really know if the queen is working with or against our heroes but at the end of the movie alice is uh is captured yet again or I guess not yet again, yeah, but for after, the first time. After sort of, like, regaining her memory that she was, like, guarding the entrance or whatever. Because she had kind of amnesia the whole movie. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. There was also her, like, boyfriend-husband thing in that movie. Her, who she thought was her husband was a bad guy, but she kind of fell for this other guy. I don't remember his name, but uh, like that was that was also a plot. Or something. So, some, yeah, I, something like that. I wanted to say his name was, like, <laughs> Matt. Or something like that sounds like it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So that was the first movie. And then, of course, uh, we return in Resident Evil Apocalypse. And uh, this one introduces us to a couple new characters. So we meet Jill and we meet Carlos. And the big bad enemy here is Nemesis, who is actually, in fact, Matt, or whatever her boyfriend's name was from the first one. <laughs> right. And uh, Raccoon City is completely destroyed. It's uh, it's apocalyptic, you might say. And this is where Alice, like, really unlocks, like, her full powers. Like, she's going, like, full-on Darth Vader and, like, crashing through on motorcycles, <laughs> doing a ton of crazy shit everywhere. This is, I think, definitely when, when this series is just like, okay, I think we know what we want to be. Yeah, it's still this one. This one's the weirdest one too, though, because I feel like it's it's the one that's like most has the most settings or like vibe of the games because you have like Nemesis yeah. and Jill and, and like it's in Raccoon City, you know. Whereas like with the next one, I feel like that's where they're like tonally even more so. Like they go in a totally different direction, and the, and they never and it's like a point of no return, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to say it, actually. A point of no return. <laughs> yeah, whereas, like, this is, like, inserted yeah. her into, it, like, this crazy character into the Resident Evil world is kind of how 2 feels. Yeah, and I I think that the third movie is kind of where, I think that they dropped most of that and were just like, this is a, this is a series about Alice. And, like, I think that mm-hmm. there was a little bit in the second movie of, like... Of Alice kind of like interacting with uh, like with Resident Evil characters where like this, you know, the the third one was definitely like this is Alice. And so, of course, I'm talking about Resident Evil Extinction. This takes place in the desert. She does meet uh, Claire Redfield, to be fair, who is a character that's uh, going to stick around. 
Yeah, they keep bringing back characters and stuff, but it's just like, you know, the setting is it's so foreign to like I guess what we're used to with Resident Evil, and and like zombies um, aren't always yeah. a big factor. So uh, that's not the only <laughs> development we have. Uh, we have uh, Carlos. That's his name. Uh, Carlos makes a, a sacrifice, and in fact, he ends Great up dying moment. in this, which is too bad because he was cool. Yeah, he was cool. Um, so we, yeah, she's she's got her full superhero powers, and she has a pretty climactic showdown with uh, Doctor Isaacs and defeats him, or so we might yes. think, and then finds the Alice clones, which is a pretty awesome moment. Yes, yeah, so they they set up that he's like one of the Umbrella scientists. Uh, they they set up that like Claire and her group are looking for some special place that's like supposed to be safe, and so you know uh, in the next one, that's uh, presumably where she's gonna go and try to like meet up with them after defeating Isaacs. Right. Well, that does take us to uh, Resident Evil Afterlife, which is the fourth one, and uh, yeah, so Alice and Claire are on a journey to find the fabled land of Arcadia, which is a so-called refugee um, for all of the humans left in the world. The T-Virus is spread like through the entire planet, obviously, at this point. A um, couple things that happened in this movie. All the Alice clones are basically killed off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which kind of sucks. So that, that's what's interesting. Is so that, That's one of the times where they set something up. She's got these crazy powers, psychic powers, can blow up all these crows with brain or whatever um and all these clones and then they kind of do away with it in the opening scene which is sweet uh and then you think okay they i guess they're just dropping the clone thing but uh i don't know i feel like maybe it takes them a couple movies to react but you know we'll talk about it when we get into the the last movie but they're like oh no actually we can do something with that yeah and i think you know they did a commendable job um, so yeah, so we also meet Chris Redfield in this movie, who's a pretty big character in the Resident Evil games, but really just, it's not really much in, in this franchise. Um, one and done, no, actually. Yeah. So. Him and Claire kind of, they have like a Matrix fight with Wesker. Um, but then, yeah, they're kind of not that important. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, it's worth mentioning too, uh, speaking of Wesker, a big plot point of this movie is that Wesker injects Alice with uh, a cure for the T-Virus that basically strips away her superpowers. So there's that going on as well. But um, yeah, the end of the movie um, has Umbrella showing up and essentially destroying Arcadia. And that's where that movie ends. And that leads us right into Resident Evil Retribution. And this one is like a cool movie. This, this is, is where they the best one, I think. I, you know what? I think so too. I was going to say I think this is my favorite. Um so this is where they go into the like the raccoon simulation where like Alice is living a normal life and Michelle Rodriguez is back living a normal life. Jill is brainwashed by Umbrella and she's kind of a bad guy. You also have Carlos Leon and, and Ada and Barry. <laughs> uh they're they're showing up as well and they try and break in like it's it's really fun. Um, and it ends with, uh, the, most of the gang at the White House with Wesker, who injects Alice once again with the T-Virus <laughs> fighting the a shitload back. of zombies. Yeah, and this is, so this was the ultimate tease, which they, 
they kind of pulled the rug out from under us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like they write the teases because it's like, this is big and crazy. But then when it comes time to like, let's make the movie, they're like, uh, maybe not. Let's do something normal. <laughs> yeah, I, I have some thoughts that I want to get into um, when we talk about this movie and then on just like the series as a whole. Um, but I figure that there is some stuff that's worth mentioning before we talk about the movie proper here. Um, and one thing that I, I didn't know that this happened, Goo, and, and maybe you did. But uh, there was like a huge accident on the set of this movie. Two of them, actually. Two people or one person died on the set of the movie and another person was like critically injured. Did you ever hear about that? Oh, my God. Uh, I don't think so. No. On Retribution? No, on, on the final chapter. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. That's horrible. Um. So let's uh, I'm going to take you. Actually, I'm just going to read this verbatim if you if you don't mind, because it's it's a lot mm-hmm. of, of information here. Um. But yeah, so stunt woman Olivia Jackson, who is uh, Mila Jovovich's stunt double, uh, was involved in a motorcycle crash during filming. The dangerous stunt involved her driving a motorcycle towards a camera mounted on a crane while she wore no helmet as the shot required her not to. The crane malfunctioned and she didn't move out of the way in time. Noticing this, she tried and failed to block it with her arms. I'm sorry, the camera didn't move out of the way in time. Um, so the stunt woman tried to, to block it with her arm, but was not successful and received several life-threatening injuries, including, get ready for this, a twisted spine, broken discs, brain bleeding, shattered scapula, nerves torn, leaked cerebral, cerebral fluid, a degloved face, which is when the facial skin is ripped off to reveal muscle tissue and teeth, shattered eye sockets, which had to, which had to be put back together with tweezers, oh. cheekbone shards stabbing her eardrum, fingers torn from her hand, an entire bone ripped out of her arm. Her left arm, which suffered these injuries, was injured so badly that it had to be amputated. And uh, she was put into a medically induced coma for 17 days to perform all of these surgeries. And uh, obviously, uh, Paul W., was pretty devastated by this and nearly quit the project. Mila Jovovich was in the hospital bringing her flowers. Um, and later, this this woman was able to basically sue the production company and and won, like, a fair deal of money. But, I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, good. good. I mean, that's, hor- that's horrible, you know? And, and, like, I hope that, I mean, it sounds like it was, like, a, a freak accident, you would, you would hope. Um... Maybe some things Still, could have been done a yeah. little bit better, but uh, I don't know. That's that's pretty awful. And then um, I, another survived. that person survived though. That person survived. The second one. I mean, they deserve every cent of oh, the movie. You know, my god! Yeah. Like just listening Holy to that god. just sounds. I mean, awful. Um, oh, there. So there is another. There was another incident too um, during filming where a crew member named Ricardo Cornelius was crushed to death by one of the film's props a U.S. Army-based Hummer while on set. So I don't know what the hell was going on on this set, but that's... I don't know if that's just bad luck striking in two or, or what, but uh, it's pretty... I don't know. That's it's kind of a that's black actually eye. really concerning, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that, like, the budget for this movie was, uh, you know, it wasn't... Yeah, it was, it was pretty small, but, I mean, still, I think that that's just like, oof, you don't like to see that. Or hear about mm-hmm. that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 horrifying. Honestly, that's I I had no idea. That's really that's a bummer. 
Um, it definitely is, which is uh, too bad. So there's no real easy way to segue out of that into something a little bit lighter and a little bit more fun. But we'll try our best here anyways and, and talk about some of the casting and stuff. Um, because I thought that this tidbit mm-hmm. was kind of funny. Um, so Megan uh, Carpentier, I would think is how you say her name. The, the actress who played the Red Queen in the original movies um, obviously had outgrown that role since, you know, we're talking like 16 years later. Um, so this is kind of fun. The The role of the Red Queen was recast and uh, Mila Jovovich and Paul W.S. Anderson's real life daughter plays the Red Queen in this movie. Ever Anderson oh, okay. is her name. That's kind of fun. Wow, I actually thought like we'll have the like I know they did some of the like face morph like she turns into her, but I was like, oh, they actually resemblances pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I mean they uh, I think that they must have got her to do the same voice because she sounded exactly the same. I think. Mm. At least she did. You to do me. the creepy British. But yeah, that's kid that's kind of like yeah. a fun little little touch that uh, you know they because when I I think that they started. Uh, are they, uh, I think that they met on, like, the, the set of the first movie, did they not? I think so. I think there was some story like that, but don't quote me. <laughs> Gooey there? Yeah, maybe. Oh. Uh, sorry, you cut out there for a quick sec. Feel free oh. to take this part out. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was, uh was pretty fun um so another here's another tidbit as well uh which is like kind of frustrating i guess um maybe sort of it's frustrating not in the sense that like i wasn't aching to see these characters come back necessarily but uh it is weird that they weren't um so sienna Gilroy or whoever whatever her name is the actress that plays Jill Valentine was never asked to come back to the project to reprise her role um and oh. as well as uh Bing Bing Lee was not asked to come back to play Ada um Jonah the, so basically the actors for Leon Becky Ada Wong Kmart all of these like surviving characters were not asked to come back for this final chapter which I I think like is actually like a big flaw of this series is like, and it's particularly this movie where it's like, you have all of these characters that have like no ending or no closure. And it's just like, what happened to these guys? No idea. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like, uh, I wonder like what caused it. Cause I always felt like watching each one, like that they sort of have the, this idea of like what they want to do, but they like can't always achieve it. And so, like, some, like, I don't know what, you know, what the reason was, whether they just thought they wanted the story to be different or they couldn't get the actors or, um, not even with the actors, just elements of the, of the story were different. And I always found it, maybe it's just me making excuses, but I always found each movie, like, scrappy, you know, like, kind of, like, working with what they got. And I was, so each one I felt like, they always surprise me with what they did with the story. Cause especially cause each movie starts like kind of different than how it was set up. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. so each time I'm like, wait a minute. But then like by the end of the movie, I'm always kind of won over by it. And like this happened with this movie too, even though I felt like it was probably one of the, like, it was probably one of the weaker ones we've watched in a while compared to some of the other ones. I'd still actually say it's like kind of middle of the pack for me, but 
I don't know. I was still won over by the end of it with like elements of the story and like how they chose to like wrap up certain elements of it. But I, I will agree, like, yeah, certain characters just sort of like fading away or like, you know, I don't know, like certain story elements kind of getting dropped. It is a bit disappointing. Like there are certain like there, I don't know. There's almost like I would love to see a whole movie about like the Alice clones <laughs> and stuff like that, you know? Uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I think that I can, like, kind of, like, I kind of agree with what you're saying, where, like, the movies are scrappy, and, like, it, like, the fact that they keep getting made is, like, you know, a mystery almost, because it's not, like... You almost want to root for them a little bit. Yeah, it, but, and, like, I, so I can understand if it's, like, okay, we got barely any budget left, like, we can't do this big you know, incredible blowout with, like, us fighting the zombies outside the White House, or, like, we don't have the effects to fight, like, uh, you know, to have, like, 30 different Alice's on screen or something. Like, like I can I can kind of understand that, but I just think, like, especially with these characters, it's like, um, you know, which we'll talk about in this movie, like, you have, you have a team of jobbers again, and it's like, okay, like, we've seen these guys before, like, I have no idea who any of these characters are, but, like, they're, they're essentially only here to die, um, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like for the final movie, it maybe it could have been more impactful if like they were going through the hive and like, instead of your team being a bunch of nobodies, it's like you got, you you know, you got Alice and you got Claire and you got Jill and you have Leon and you have, uh, it, like Chris and like, I don't even necessarily love all of those portrayals of those characters, but it just, you know, just the fact that they've like kind of been there before and like, this is the, you know, it's the final chapter. So like maybe some closure or because i mean just because i don't really like jill doesn't mean that someone else doesn't right and they're probably just like what happened to this character like she was alive at the end of the last movie like why is it is she dead like nobody really knows and i think that that's just kind of like yeah well pardon me i would say most though i think most of those characters though like i feel like they didn't really have like like the ones who survived most of them were introduced in the last movie or like reintroduced so like right. I, I other than like alice and wesker and like dr uh uh isaacs what's his <laughs> isaacs like i i didn't really feel like you know ada or leon or whatever had this like long-running story but i just did feel like it was a little bit of like they set up you know right. they set up this movie with all of them and it was like oh it's gonna be this big thing with all of these guys you know and they kind of took that away um but i would say overall the characters like that i really cared about kind of got their ending even ones that didn't appear in this like i feel like uh like for example uh carlos was one who got a cool ending and then like they brought him back and it was fun but like you know i don't i don't need to see him again or whatever i guess they killed him again but Right. Well, but like that's kind of yeah. like that's kind of what I mean. It's like I, I actually don't necessarily agree. Like I'm not trying to suggest that like Leon or Ada were like these super deep involved characters. But I'd like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think if you're gonna like cast a bunch of people to be on this squad that gets taken out, like you might as well just cast the people that have already been there, right? Like I don't know what else. Yeah. These actors are doing, or if they were more expensive, but like, I mean, can you tell me anybody's name besides you know Alice mm-hmm. and Claire on that team? Well, yeah, no, and I, I mean, honestly, 
when Claire even showed up, though, I was also sort of like, I, okay, I guess Claire is here, you know, like, that's fine. But, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of knew right away when they introduced these team, it's like, well, we just, we need people to kill off. So maybe I was sort of just expecting that, you know. I was actually surprised, because I was more one over that I feel like this was the most, other than the last one, I feel like this was the most, like, that we've actually really gotten more of a story from Alice. Like, well, it's kind of been growing at, mm-hmm. as the series has gone on, but the first one was like, she has amnesia and kind of doesn't remember, and it, that's part of it. But then, like, in the second one, I guess it was like, oh, my boyfriend is, like, nemesis, you know what I mean? But, like, the, really the story of her throughout the series has just been seeing, like, these horrible things that Umbrella was doing to her. Um, and so, like, the fact that they actually, like, found a way to, like, connect it all and, like, yeah, give her an ending was really, for me, what was important, but... I definitely agree with what you're saying. Like, when the movie started and I was like, oh, we're not doing the big uh, battle <laughs> at the White House, I was a little, I was a little bummed. Uh, yeah, and like, you know, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I can, I'm a little bit more forgiving of the sets, but I, I guess for me, I just like, like, what, what the hell ever happened to Kmart? Like, <laughs> you know, like, whatever happened to, anyways... That, so that would yeah. be a flaw, I think, of, like, the entire franchise in general is, like, kind of disregard for what was set up beforehand. But um, that being said, I mean, I do think this movie has a lot of strengths and, and you know, we can just uh, dive right into it um, and get us going here. So the first thing that I noted with this movie, Goo, and I think that you probably noted it, too. I thought that opening music went kind of hard in the prequel oh, yeah. or when the, in the recap, rather. It was like the beat. I was feeling it. I was like, this is <laughs> this is doing it. Yeah, I've loved the recaps, actually. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like, I do, too. I feel like it is because like the movies are are kind of like a little patchwork. But um, I don't know. I always like it. It gets me pumped. It gets me ready to see more. Well, I mean, I think you definitely need the recaps because they like i mean at this <laughs> point we're six movies in it's like what the hell's going on it yeah and particularly this movie i think this was the longest gap between resident evil movies if i'm not mistaken this was uh, a four-year gap so i was very welcome here so here we got this this recap um and we actually kind of start off at the with the origins of uh of umbrella which is kind of cool and like kind of shows you um First of all, Doctor Isaacs came back. I, if you listen to me on the Resident Evil Extinction episode, I love Doctor Isaacs, and I was just like, this mm-hmm. guy should be like the Wesker of this franchise instead of actual Wesker who sucks. And that's actually exactly what <laughs> happened, which is awesome because they made Wesker basically his subordinate. So I really love that uh, that in the flashback that they they kind of it feels like to me like they're giving this this movie franchise like a little bit of agency because it's not like you know it i think i think that we had wesker be like the bad guy for a couple movies and it's just like it wasn't mm. working like i i don't think it was working at all i think wesker kind of sucked but like isaacs this guy's awesome and like what you what you kind of want a villain in this role to be so by having like alice by having isaacs i was just like okay like this is a nice step in like the the identity of this franchise. So I, I really love that little touch. Mm. But um anyway, so we see a flashback and it kind of shows the beginning of uh 
of the whole thing, of the entire T-virus. And so you've got uh, Dr. James Marcus, whose business partner is Dr. Isaacs. They both own uh, 50% of Umbrella. And he's got a daughter. There's a medical condition for this that I did not write down. But basically, she ages really quickly. And uh, yes, yeah. she's going to die like in her mid-20s or whatever. And uh, they are desperately trying to save her. And uh, they create something called the T-virus. And at first, it looks like it works awesomely. And then, of course, you know the rest. It uh, <laughs> doesn't exactly turn out as intended. Um, and so I, I thought that this way. was an awesome scene. This is how zombies are always made, though. So they kind of messed up. They should have known what they were getting yeah. into. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was kind of cool. It's a uh, it's a nice sets a tone, gives you the relevant information, introduces you to the relevant characters. Uh, at what's a what's that doctor's name? Um, who did Dr. I just say? Marcus? Marcus. That's it. Yeah. So his daughter, by the way, is named Alicia. Which is important. Uh Yes. No spoilers. (laughs) Some people could put that together beforehand. So here we go. The movie starts off and Alice is not at the White House. She is, in fact, in the ruins (laughs) of some city walking around by herself. No Wesker, no Leon, no nothing. And she fights this zombie goo that looks like Dave Bautista. I don't know. Did you did you think that? (laughs) Uh, no, but I guess I could see that. You gotta watch it again, because this I was like, fuck, it's Batista, sick. But it actually turned out not to be Batista. And then she fly, she fights this, like, flying zombie thing, which is which is actually pretty sick, because, like, he lifts up her Jeep, and, like, she's doing all kinds of cool stunt work or whatever, so it's, it's a kind of, it's a nice little fight to get us started off on the right foot here. Yeah, and I like, I guess they introduced them in the end of the last one, but I was like, whoa, we got, like, zombie dragons is pretty tight. <laughs> like, that's a unique concept. You know, I was kind of wondering, like, what properties make certain people transform from, like, regular zombies into, like, the big monstrous zombies? You know what I mean? Like, because you kind of see those, like, the, the guys that have, like, the big axes or, like... I don't know if these dragon things came from animals or if they came from <laughs> humans know. or whatever. I always wondered that about the big axe guy. It was, like, he liked a big guy before? <laughs> and I don't, now... maybe, maybe he had, like, a certain property about him. Maybe his personality was so outgoing that we're like, all right, you can be, <laughs> like, a like a badass zombie, not, like, a regular zombie. I don't know. I would we, love to know how that works. He a big axe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, uh... He was a lumberjack in his real life, so it only made sense. Um, I, I was missing those dudes. Yeah, they were cool. I, you know, I actually think that the zombies in this movie weren't all that great. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I did. I do like some of the, like these big creatures here were kind of cool, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like, um, I don't know. I was just having a hard time going from the last one. I feel like had the most the coolest setting and. It oh. went to all these cool locations, and now here, I mean, we've kind of seen the sort of dilapidated post-apocalyptic stuff in the other movies, and I was like, I don't know, I was ready for something different, but I kind of get what they're going for, because the story is about kind of returning back to Raccoon City, and I did like that story, but I don't know, I... Yeah, just some of the settings I didn't like that much. So I did make a note. We've already talked about it at length, so we probably don't need to talk about it anymore. 
But uh, at, at this point in the movie, I did make a note how it, it is a little disorientating when you start to watch these movies and you're just like, what the hell is Alice doing here? Where is she? What's going on? What happened? Uh, so, I mean, we talked about that with the cast and the setting and stuff, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's kind of designed to like put you in Alice's shoes a little bit because like, I feel like she often is also just like, where the hell am I? You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, they, there's definitely some like they want you to be like, what's going on? Because then yeah. they, they, well, it's funny. They, they try to do the thing where like you don't want to like over explain stuff. You, like they try to do that, you know, and they, they just want you to pick it up through like little bits of dialogue, like, you know, it was a trap and so and so saying like, oh, that thing at the White House. But it's like, it's also like you just spent like minutes like explaining everything. I don't think it would hurt to just like just also just throw that in there too, you know, <laughs> like why why not? I don't think cuz the stuff I liked in the story wasn't like the reveal of like the the White House thing being a trap, you know. They could have just that could have been tacked on right at the totally. end of the intro yeah. and just move on, um, you know. And in fact, there's there's a complete throwaway line here that it actually didn't really register with me but like so um they they make mention in this scene that wesker didn't actually give alice her powers back and i was like why would he that seems ridiculous because it like it had been i don't know it's been a couple months since we watched the last movie and i forgot about that and like that if they would have included that in the recap i think that that would have uh went a long way yeah, maybe they didn't want to remind you that <laughs> yeah. uh, all the uh, you didn't get to see that cool battle. Well, I guess that's that's fair. Um, but I do like this. I like what happens next here. So Alice, is, first of all, I love how Alice is always in these like creepy, like derelict spaces that she just goes in and like there's always shit out to get her or whatever. So she's in this creepy warehouse, and who should summon her there and start talk to her? But the Red Queen. The AI program yeah. that runs the hive. I love the character of the Red Queen, actually. I think it's a fascinating character. Um, and of yeah. course, we know that the Red Queen is modeled after Alicia. Why can I not remember these guys' last name? Marcus, I want to say. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. it's modeled after Marcus's daughter when she was like 10 years old. And um, so she says that the last bits of humanity are going to be extinct within 48 hours, and she has to get to the Hive in Raccoon City to get an airborne antigen that will destroy the T-Virus. The Red Queen cannot destroy Umbrella herself, but Alice can. So we have a nice, simple plot. The stakes. I I liked this setup. Maybe it was a little cliche, but I was like, whatever, I I dig this. It's like, this is fine. Nice and simple. We know what the drill is. We know what we got to do. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked... It kind of had, um, I don't know, the last one was probably the most simplistic, but I liked how it was pretty straightforward and it moved along pretty quickly. Like, I remember, you know, in, like, part five where she's, like, wandering around looking for Arcadia or whatever by herself for a while. I remember that being kind of a drag, you know? Mm. And But they kind of did it in sacrifice for, like, the story or whatever. But whereas in this, I felt like, I don't know, there was always kind of something new and interesting happening, you know? So while it it had some stuff I didn't like as much, I felt like, you know, in these early moments, like they were, they were firing it up pretty good and like having a lot of like 
you know, there's a lot of action there and stuff too, like mixing that in. I don't know. I was, I was pretty engaged. Um, one thing that stuck out to me is, uh, it's been 10 years in the story since the first Resident Evil movie. I don't know why, but I was just like, holy shit, that's a long time. It feels like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't going that fast, but I was like, damn. Yeah, and it's like 16 or whatever for the whole series, so. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I, that's kind of cool, crazy, like, big overarching, <laughs> that overarching story, but, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, that's, that's, uh. You, that's as like like long running as the MCU or whatever you know. You know what I actually I kind of felt this when I was watching it, but um, I don't know about you, but I like actually I know that you love this movie, Logan, the movie Logan, and to me, oh, sure. I kind of got similar vibes. Even though I mean, Logan is obviously a, a far better movie, but like it was just like these characters and the story that um, you know we kind of grew up with even though some of the movies weren't all that good and were kind of questionable, it's like, we still like, they've been a part of our lives for like the last 16 years or an X-Men's case, like 17 years. It's like, wow. It's mm-hmm. like, it's coming to an end. Like that's kind of sad. Yeah. I, it, that's why they, they brought back all the like more interesting characters. And it also just reminded me of part three in a way too. Cause I feel like part three kind of did this. <laughs> like it had, the Red Queen back, and it had, uh, like, uh, Dr. Isaacs wasn't returning, but he was kind of the stand-in for, like, Umbrella in that movie, and, you know, mm. they brought the laser grid back in that one, uh, and so, <laughs> you know, all the characters we love, like, the laser grid, and, uh, so it sort of felt like, you know, doing, like, almost that again, it was like, like kind of returning, you know, they go back and it was sort of like returning to the hive was sort of, you know, it, it was a fitting way to, to set up, you know, the idea for the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, here we go. Alice fucks up a bunch of umbrella agents, bunch of goons. Oh, that was sick. That was this sick is scene. good. She's hanging upside down. So they snared her foot. She's hanging upside down. She's laughing as they're kind of, beating on her and then Alice lays the smack down on these geeks. Uh nice little action scene though. I liked it. I love this is where the bike thing happens, right? That was that was awesome. <laughs> she gets on the bike and it whatever, it like doesn't recognize her handprint, right? Hello? Oh no. Uh. God damn it. Oh, there you are. I just messaged you. It's not Discord. No, in fact, this just told me that, uh, Zoom told me that my internet connection is unstable. Huh. Which is a thing. I I have this issue, but like it tells me it's not, <laughs> so I don't know. It tells me I have a secure <laughs> connection. Oh man, um, <sighs> I I'm sorry. This is gonna be such a bitch to edit. I'm sorry. Well, so anyway, what I was saying was I like the the bike scene, like or like the bike at the end of the scene. Do that you? Was great. <laughs> oh man. yeah. I I laugh my ass off when she gets on. 
What what happens? She gets on, uses her handprint, and well, then... Yeah, she gets onto the bike. She go First of all, it's, like, preposterous that there's this, like, completely pristine motorcycle. I know, I know. <laughs> in well, this fucking apocalyptic world. My, my thinking was, it's her going, oh, okay, I killed these guys. This is one of their bikes. I'm taking it. Yeah, uh, that is what happened. I, I just, I didn't put that together when I first saw it, so my immediate reaction was, like, bullshit, there's not a motorcycle that's, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know... After... Um, Ten years? Yeah. But she she basically pulls, like, the... She slips on a banana peel after beating the hell out of these guys. <laughs> That's and, so like, fuck. That was so like, funny. Gets, gets zapped into next week trying to touch this. Oh, man. <sighs> it was, yeah, it was kind of funny. But <laughs> I was just like, really? Come on. Can we think of something better? Uh, but th- this is fine. This is fine. I love this next scene. This is so good. Mm-hmm. So, who should return but Dr... Isaacs. Fuck yeah. I, I was and, so stoked and confused. Dude, I, I thought this scene was so funny. Because, like, it's as simple as, like, I killed you. And then Isaacs is like, you thought you did. And Alice is like, <laughs> a clone. <laughs> that's it. That's all. Well, that's what I mean. Like, we, we had cloning in the series movies ago. And they just were like, no, we gotta kill off all the clones. Like, it's too confusing. But then they were like, you know what? This is a perfect way to end the series, actually. <laughs> they t- they tied it all together. It felt like something that they threw in as a, you know, teaser in part three. Yeah. They didn't know what they were gonna do with it. And I feel like they found, like, it was like a puzzle piece. They're like, okay, like, it fits in here nice. And I, I think that, that was good. Yeah, I, I think that they paid it off really well when he when this interaction first happens and she's like a clone i was just kind of rolling my eyes i was like oh my god what this is lame but like this is also fine like whatever i don't need some big explanation why he's back but i feel like they won me over at the end where i was like this is actually pretty cool like this makes this makes a decent amount of sense like what what is happening here so it was kind of like it was kind of cheesy at the very beginning but like kind of good fun cheesy and and then i feel like they you know they paid it off in a nice way it was confusing, and also it was sort of like, why... It was confusing, too, because it was like, why is this character acting like this? But then it all, like, actually... It it had a more satisfying explanation than I ever expected, you know Yeah, what I mean? yeah, exactly. I thought, oh, he's just, like, weird and religious now, for whatever reason, but... um, I don't know, it kind of, yeah, it really worked for me. Yeah, well, he did mention Noah's Ark, like, a bunch of different times in this. yes. Um, so that's well, yeah. We'll we'll talk about it more when we actually get to the, the backstory section yeah. where they explain it. But I do like that payoff. I th- I think that the answer might have actually been is that like Isaac's was always kind of like religious, but maybe some of his clones necessarily weren't because he d- like he does oh. say that in the flashback. But yeah, we'll we'll get there as we as we go. So anyway, so so, so Isaac's is on this like giant mofo war tank, and um, he's captured. He's captured Alice. There's a bunch of dead Alice clones in his truck, by the way. And he makes her run behind the truck, which is kind of uh, kind of intense. And then uh, yeah, we got a big like fight that, that happens. <laughs> Dude, I thought this was so awesome. Alice chops off Isaac's hand to use the motorcycle to make her getaway. This is great. This is classic Paul W. Yeah, it was it was like a great payoff to I think what was a, I thought the gag was great. And then. This made it's it was a perfect setup for this. I love that moment where she 
slices it and just takes off. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> I you know I was I was watching this and I was like, damn, this should be like the in the the climax of the movie. I was like, they're not going to kill Isaac after just reintroducing him. Oh here, no, are they? <laughs> but uh, no, that, that is not what happened. So I think you put it in a great way. This had a better payoff than I ever expected that it would. Just watching this. Yeah, movie. I I really thought they were just going to be like, yep, there there it is, you know. But no, it worked out. Um, so yeah, Alice is uh is on the run. She's on a motorcycle, and she makes it to Raccoon City and reunites with who else but Claire Redfield, who I guess survived the uh, the attack on Arcadia. I think is where we last saw her at the ending of the fourth movie. Um, and she's there, and she's got a completely new crew of, of a bunch of jobbers that are going to get eaten by the zombies and by the hive. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're starting to realize that they're, they're kind of fucked, because, like, behind this big war tank that Isaacs was driving is, of course, like, a million zombies. So they're all coming to essentially wipe out the last bit of humanity and Claire's camp is one of the last bits of humanity. And, um, this kind of felt like Lord of the Rings, like Helm's deep esque. (laughs) Yeah. This giant, they're going to come and do this giant siege. There's like a mini, this is like part two of the movie almost. And it is like a truncated little movie because the jobbers, they are like, they remind me of the jobbers in like part four or whatever, where they tried to have like a little bit of like characterization with them. And it was sort of like, okay. I, I think the jobbers in part four were like much more memorable. Actually. Well, that, that's what I mean. Is like, they tried to, uh, they tried to truncate a little story with them where they're like, one guy's like, I'm not trusting her. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, he, he's like the right. alpha that doesn't want to take orders from Alice. <laughs> and I don't know. I thought, you know, I thought that he would carry on towards the end more. And like they would build towards something with that, but they kind of do it just in the the like little siege scene that comes up quickly. You know what I mean? They yeah. sort of just like do it all there, and they're like, okay, well, whatever. We got to kill some people. Yeah, which um, you know, I mean, I, I already kind of said my piece them. on the characters or whatever, but like, I I do like. I do think that, like, when you see these guys and they're and they're all these geeks that you've never seen before, you're just like, okay, I can't wait to see the zombies eat these guys. Where I do feel like if you, at least if you did have some of the old established characters, it'd be like, maybe they all survive. And then it would be, it'd be a little bit more impactful when, like, Leon gets torn up or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I think mainly just because, yeah, it do- it didn't feel it didn't feel like organic, like running into them. You know what I mean? Uh, it just felt like here, yeah. Here's here's some more victims. Uh, but I don't know. It, yeah, it's not, it wasn't really like the most important thing in the movie anyway. No, so, I mean you can you kind of know instantly what their deal is. So I guess it's not really. You know, you're that's that's one of the things where you sort of see what's going to happen with them coming you know and like because alice she's not gonna die we got we gotta have some people like you know go through the fan or yeah (laughs) i I guess my point is like i think that um claire you're just like i hope she makes it right and you're kind of like Mm -hmm. attached to claire if only a little bit whereas like these other geeks you're just like whatever like i can't wait to see how this dude is ripped into like seven pieces by a liquor or something like that you know 
Which actually is also fun. And I guess it would have kind of been ridiculous if, like, every other dude from Resident Evil was in this, like... Gi- By the way, they're this, like, ginormous, like, skyscraper that is somehow zombie-proofed. And uh, I guess they awesome. have food. So it's it's kind of a cool little place. It would have actually been... Yeah, it would have been better if to see, like, Leon go through the fan and Ada, like, get blasted away or whatever. Because right? uh, the whole point of this whole series is that... We keep meeting all these. My my friend said this to me. My uh, my, my co-host uh, Aaron on backtracking messaged me just today actually and was like, "I love how all these Resident Evil characters show up, but they can't be better than Alice." And I was like, "Yeah, I think that's awesome." So I actually think it would have been great if like Leon survived and he just gets like completely ripped to shreds. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. want to see them all die, but I think fans would probably hate that too. Maybe that's why they didn't want to have them. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I can see that. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I felt like, I guess like the, my point about that is like, at least when it comes to the characters, this kind of felt like any other movie rather than like the finale to it. And like you get the finale for the characters that matter, like with Alice yeah. and Isaacs and stuff like that. But you don't not- get a Carlos moment, though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, like Carlos is awesome. He's probably one of the best characters in the series. And like he got a cool moment. And, and there, I feel like the rest of them didn't really get that. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. Claire, I don't know, kind of did maybe, which we'll we'll get there. But uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to complain about this anymore. I feel like I've made this point known. So uh, yeah, no, I do I want to say you. though. I do want to say the theme that plays here, and the theme you've heard it a couple times. This is like the fifth time I'd heard it, and this is a badass theme. And it kind of reminds me of the Run the Jewels track called "Kill Your Masters." And I was I was down mm. with this track. It was it was getting me ready for this this Helm's Deep siege that is upcoming here. So this tower, this skyscraper that Claire. And the rest of her team are at, as mentioned, is zombie proof, but it is not Dr. Isaac's war tank proof. And so the siege is on. Isaac's knows Alice is there and he's going to get her. And uh, he's he's his goal is to wipe out this settlement. So it's kind of got like a big fight feel. And um, Mm -hmm. the first thing, though, the very first thing I was so angry at this. Remember what I can't remember what we were talking about. I think it was Captain N, where I was like, "These guys are so fucking stupid," and I can't remember what it was. But I was watching this movie, and I was like, "These guys are so stupid!" Like immediately, their whole thing is like, "Do not open the gates," because if the zombies breach the gates, we're fucked. And so, like, right, Isaac's releases a survivor, and they're like, "Open the gates!" And I was like, "No." Well, so it reminds me Horrible. actually of the. It sort of reminds me of the thing in uh, Prometheus where people complain about them taking off the helmets. But what's weird is, like, it's similar in that, like, nothing bad happens to them because of it. So if it's, like, it's weird. It feels stupid. Like, why are they doing this? But then it's like, oh, they get the gate closed. Like, it's not really... You know what I mean? Like, no zombie gets in because of it. Everything's fine. And their plan works, <laughs> pretty much. So I was sort of like... I guess, like, I don't know. It it seems like it's supposed to be, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, I It was a weird choice, I guess. It, it was weird. Like, the, the survivor was, like, clearly bait. And, then, like, Isaacs even says so. And is immediately shot dead. And I think that, I thought that some zombies did get in, actually. Because eventually the place no, is overrun with zombies. I, I was, 
It yeah, it does. It does because they eventually break the wall, like they blow I it see. up or whatever. But I would because once they started rushing out there, I was like waiting for it. I was like, oh, if they have the gate open, never. That's what I mean. It's like it was kind of a moment of like false like tension. You know what I mean? Like it, mm. it didn't. It almost didn't need to exist. Like they could have just showed up and blasted the wall down. You know, because the whole right. point was. They wanted them to get in. That was the plan. Yeah, and that, that plan is pretty <laughs> so, cool, actually. I, that was awesome when she like tipped the you know the gasoline the like the waterfall of fire. That oh, was sick. Dude. So I, I don't even know if I can describe this. So basically, the way that the plan works is they're at like they're at like the top of this skyscraper, and the only weapon that they have is gasoline. So they let all the zombies come in, and they're like all climbing the building or whatever. And they've doused the building in gasoline and they light it on fire and they fucking zip line down and there's still like a million zombies on the ground. But like this was it felt like watching Home Alone, actually. Like this was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They set up the traps. Uh, yeah. Great comparison. Um, And then they got it. And uh, yeah, actually. So I, I really like this fight that uh, that Alice had and she was fighting. This Asian guy, and I don't remember his name. I don't even think they gave him a name, but I was like, this guy's awesome. Like, I hope that the, I was like, I hope that he mm-hmm. joins the team because, like, he kicks ass because he was doing, like, some really, like, good, believable fighting. Um, but yeah, he, they he did. did not, unfortunately. They had some cool fighting. I think some of it was, like, so shaky. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? It kind of made me mad, but overall, it was pretty cool. Um, and I, I think they did a good job with him of, like, like, he's just, like, a cool character, you know? And, like, you, you get a little bit of him in the beginning. I feel like they could have done more with him, for sure. I, I would have liked to see him on, like, the main team as, like, kind of like a... Like a reluctant, like, you you know the layout of the hive, you need to take us there kind of thing, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but, which is too bad. Been, the team could have been, like, made up, you know, of, like, disparate people that you meet yeah. instead of just, like, here's some jobbers, you know? Um, so some of the jobbers already have died, by the way, there's, uh, I think, I think one or two of them die in this, uh, in this siege. And then, uh, then, and then a couple more die. So there is a pack of like zombie wolves that are chasing (laughs) our heroes. And, uh, this, this actually kind of goes on for a long time, longer than I would have liked. Um, but they, they finally eventually make it into the hive and this is where the movie picks up. Um, yeah, I, I think it was kind of dragging actually up until this point, but now that we're in the hive, Wesker has control of the hive. He, he already suspects the red queen clearly. And uh, now I feel like the movie is like getting going. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I felt like I kind of didn't love, I I like going back to the, the, once I got to the hive, I was like, this is a cooler setting. So I love the setting, but I felt like there was enough, like. set pieces like i like the fight with the guys on the motorcycle the dragon the tower and they they kind of all came quick but i i at the same time i was sort of like what's happening with the story and and not in a good way you know sometimes you're on the edge of your seat yeah like what is happening but this was sort of like i was sort of waiting for like the pieces to start coming together with the story because that 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 was probably the most interesting part of the movie to me it was what, uh, you know, this whole thing with Isaacs and Alice and that stuff. But, which is funny, too, because they kind of make... I don't want to... How do I put this? I don't want to say they make them look incompetent, but, like, 
this Dr. Isaacs that's in this movie is, like, kind of, like, he's basically failed at everything he's done so far. And, like, the other Isaacs that we saw in Extinction was very cool, calm, and collected. And you're just kind of like, is this really, like, the the main bad guy here? Like, something's got to something's gotta give. And it's like, okay, well, and it, they kind of led you to believe that that wet, or Isaacs might be dead because he's got all these zombies chasing him. And it's like, okay, well, I guess, like, the final bad guy is Wesker because he's inside of the hive right. and i was like why wouldn't dr isaacs be in there like that doesn't make any sense but uh you know ob- obviously the movie pays that off but yeah at this point i was just kind of like uh okay all right let's go it sort of make it makes sense in a way because like in in the other one wesker was like kind of calling him and telling him hey like don't do this thing you know he was sort of calling the shots mm-hmm. in that one so it sort of makes sense, and that's why I feel like it makes it even better. It did make it an even better sort of twist when you find out that he's actually kind of calling the shots, you know? Yeah, you know what? I yeah, That's totally right. I forgot about that in that one. Oh, man, there is that really awful Wesker in the third that, movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I haven't even been to... I've sort of liked... This other guy is a little bit hamming it up, but he, he does remind... Like he the the other Wesker was like discount Eminem and I've sort of liked the discount Agent Smith vibe that this Wesker has had. I feel like he's been very fun, <laughs> but I feel like he hasn't been like, you know what I mean? Like the last movie, he was barely even in. You know, I sort of like him as sort of this. He's even though they present him as the main villain, he's kind of not re- really. It's always been Umbrella, yeah. you know. So he's just sort of there <laughs> he i i i hate wesker in this movie i i don't like basically any version like maybe hate is a straw i hated the first wesker that guy was awful i just I, like, I feel like it's not working because um at least to me i was like i was like fuck dr isaacs is like a very engaging character he's kind of what i picture a scientist looking like and by comparison you see wesker and even the wesker that's in this movies and it's like this guy's just so bad. Like he has no charisma. He's bland. He looks like a goof. Like, uh, and that's actually I, yeah, like that's kind of why I have a little bit of hope for that Netflix series because it's like at least they didn't go with like like they got Lance Reddick playing Wesker. And it's like all right, he excellent. Awesome. We've done something the, different rather than like the same stupid bleach blonde hair and sunglasses. Like it's just so so lame. Yeah, I think I'm just like I'm I'm different. I feel different because I, I I find him very charismatic i don't know what it is I, there's something i i am charmed by this <laughs> version of wesker well that's good I'm, I'm happy for you i i can't say that i am charmed by him but uh <laughs> i don't know i had different strokes for different folks i guess what i do know is that they are heroes finally make it into the hive and uh the red queen has a secret file for Alice to to take a look at. And that secret file shows a flashback of Dr. Isaacs talking to the board of Umbrella directors before everything happens, before the T-virus. And he is saying that because of climate change and overpopulation and famine, the world (laughs) is going to end by God, but it can end on Umbrella's terms if they want. And they can execute an orchestrated apocalypse where they will destroy... Everything on Earth, and uh, basically these guys are going to hide underground in like some cryogenic tubes and wait for the apocalypse to pass them by and release the antigen after every other human has been 
uh, dealt with by the zombies. So this is kind of neat. It's like obviously very on the nose with Noah's Ark or whatever. But like I kind of uh, I kind of dug this actually. I was like, all right, cool. If it kind of felt true to life a little bit too, you know what I mean? Like kind of. You have a company that's named after like a vital resource to our globe in real life that is actively destroying the planet but it's also like well we're gonna like you know send ourselves into space or whatever and you and granted they're probably not even gonna do that but you know if they do it's really just gonna be for you know jeff bezos or whatever <laughs> so yeah uh, you you know you know like i, I don't know I, I this is a more extreme version of that more on the nose or whatever but i was like damn they're right <laughs> this this uh this guy is like uh your Elon Musk or whatever of this movie. Well, I feel like, I think what lent it weight and why I liked it a little bit is cause like, dude, I could see somebody literally saying this right now in 2022 somewhere. Like we're fucked. The world's going to end. Let's kill everyone before, you know, like I was like, I could mm-hmm. see Elon Musk or like, you know, Bezos saying something along those lines. So I think, it, I think this added a little bit of weight to it. So well, yeah, especially- very nice scene. It's not only that, I mean, it's also, like, I read stories about, like, Elon Musk, like, derailing efforts to build, uh, like, that Public transit and stuff build. like that. And Yeah, and it's like, okay, <laughs> like, I don't know, it's like, they're they're actively in, like, inter- it's not like, oh, they're just, they're ha- using so much energy that, you know, like, their global warming or whatever is happening. Yeah. It's like, no, they're actively, like, making things worse, like, intentionally, uh... So I don't know. <laughs> to not not to get too political here, but it it did stick out to me. Um so one other thing that the uh the Red Queen mentions is that we have a mole amongst our ranks. Let me ask you a question, Goo. Did you immediately as soon as she said that know who the mole was? Um no. I was like uh well, I at first I thought it's the Red Queen. I actually think this is done pretty well because there was a point where I realized what was going on, like just before. But I feel like it makes sense at this point where it's like we know that the Red Queen is giving information, so you don't sort of like question it too hard. You know, you you could sort of just lead yourself to believe it's in her like programming or whatever. You know. Hmm. Well, Which I it, that, I actually make sense. I I missed uh, or I didn't mention this part too, but. One thing that the Red Queen explains is that there's a conflict in her program, which allows her to help Alice as she does, because, like, she cannot harm an Umbrella employee, so she can't obviously go after Wesker or Isaacs, but she's also directed never to harm human life, which is actively what Isaacs is doing. So there's a little bit of gray area there, which is why she is, uh, you know, helping yes. Alice. So I-, I like that. And and it's believable. It's like, because Isaacs thinks he is... What he's doing is, like, I don't know if he actually believes it's the only way to save human life. I guess the clone of him would lead you to believe that that's maybe part of his personality. But uh, you could sort of believe that he would think the Red this would, like, not conflict with the Red Queen's programming. But, it, mm-hmm. like, you can tell for her, she's, like, she's, like, more normal. She's, like, actually this will isn't harming human life, clearly, you know? So I like yeah. that, that he, he would, like, believe that, like, oh, yeah, she'll go along with this. Um, so, yeah. Oh, so, but before I, but we I, uh, continue, 
can want to restart the calls is zoom's gonna kick us out i guess we have like a a time limit or something uh sure. do you just want to go back to discord if it, i mean it's happening on zoom anyways oh, yeah that's true yeah let's go yeah. back okay okay bye <laughs> or did i even exit quit zoom all right all right jeepers pray, creepers pray right, for good luck i killed a fly there's a fly buzzing around. Oh. Did you hear Zora at the beginning? She was going fucking insane <laughs> yeah. trying to get this goddamn fly, and I finally like, killed oh, him yeah. with a toilet paper roll. So, small victories. Okay, let's go. That's all that matters. Um, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. so back to, back to my uh, back to my point though. As, as soon as she said there was a mole, I was like ninety five percent sure that it was the character that ends up it ends up being with a five percent outside chance that I actually I'll I'll explain to you when we get there. But uh, I, my 95 was right. Yeah, well, it's it seems so obvious now, but at the same time, I wasn't thinking of it just because of how disparate, like, the you know, the cloning mm. thing hasn't been totally part of the series, but now it is. And I guess I should, you should pick up on that because it's like, well, obviously they brought it back for a reason. I thought it was tastefully done. I thought they they executed it well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's, you know what, I'm a sucker for that plot, actually, like, there's a traitor yeah. amongst us, like, I I think it almost always works well, and it this adds is, some it, suspense, uh, so I, I, like, I, that's low-hanging fruit for me. I feel like, too, you you also have a thing for, like, maybe this is more with AI, but it's sort of, like, who who am I, what is really me, you know what I mean, like, the Matrix oh, totally. sort of has that, yeah. you know, I, what's Dude, my I'm all self? about that, yeah. And so they get into um, that a so yeah, bit here with, we go. They're they're in the hive. We've got the we've got the setup. We've got the reason. We just need to execute. And uh, speaking of execute, there's a bunch of executions that take place. Yeah. Ruby Rose is the first to go. A big fan slices her up. It's pretty good. I like that. It's no uh, laser grid, but it's pretty good. I have some thoughts about this laser grid later. By the way, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. There. So it, this other dude. I don't even know who this dude was. He's a complete jobber. He fucking falls down the air shaft and just like falls, I don't know, out of the hive? I don't know. I don't even remember this, so whatever. <laughs> um, and then there was Razor, who is the like literally the only member of the team whose name I remembered. I think because they say Razor a couple times. But he gets <laughs> eaten by a big zombie, and then Alice, of course, comes in and cleans it up and fights this zombie with like a chain and a knife and a bunch of different gimmicks i i thought this zombie actually looked pretty lame i know i said it earlier but like um and i and i don't actually think i let me let me give this movie some credit too i don't think that they need the big zombies because they have isaacs and wesker but still i, I thought that this zombie is just kind of like because this is the last big zombie fight of the series and it's just kind of like yeah 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 i don't know i it didn't it's not memorable to me at all either i like seriously i was just like I actually think not. Now that I think about it, like there should have been though cool zombies in this. Like that's what it should have been. Is like there they should have been sicking, you know, the the final beasts that they have on them, you know. But yeah, well, like especially if you remember when they get to the hive, Alice is like, um, oh, these these zombie wolves aren't chasing us because they're scared of what's inside, and like there really wasn't much inside. Like, most of the people died because Wesker <laughs> was assuming the Hive's uh, defense mechanisms rather than, like, there were zombies. Right, that's weird. Yeah, I guess you'd think, like, there's a big bad. I, 
I guess it's that one. I don't know. I would honestly take... I, I didn't, like, hate it, but I would actually prefer... You know, I kind of shit all over that liquor in the first movie, but mm-hmm. it, it's certainly more memorable than this, you know, like that battle. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, okay, so we're we're venturing deep into the hive here, and we've actually got kind of a cool shot here. I really like the shot of, like, all of the humans in stasis waiting to ride out, like, the apocalypse, so, like... So, like, these are, like, the, the elite and the powerful and wealthy and stuff like that. And, uh... Yeah. I, I cool. thought that was a cool shot. Creepy, cool set. And, like, there's... This is, a, like, jumping later, but this is where it reminded me of it. Was they're fighting later on, like, the platform in the middle as it rises. And it made me think of uh, the prequel, Star Wars, where they're, like, fighting in the chamber or whatever of the Senate. Yeah! <laughs> uh, so that's what that gave me vibes of. Um, okay, so a little bit earlier too, we we so we've been seeing scenes of Wesker kind of doing his thing and telling the Red Queen what to do, and like he's suspicious of the Red Queen, but obviously not suspicious enough, and so he's just like wake them, and we're we're kind of assuming that he's talking about like a big monster or something like that, but in fact he wakes up the real Doctor Isaacs, who's been down there this whole time in the inner sanctum of the Hive, dude. I was so impressed with this. I was not expecting this, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. This is wicked. Way better than I was expecting. Yeah, it was cool, and, like, I I loved, again, that's when they really start getting into him talking about the Noah's Ark thing, and that's where it, like, kind of clicked for me a little bit with the clones of, like, they, they bear some, you know, uh, similarity to the other people. It felt like, they don't really imply it, but I like this idea of, like, the one in the beginning is like this other version of him. And it took like, because he was born into this type of world, he's taken on this more like extreme personality of him. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, this is so awesome because it makes sense of why Isaac's, um, you know, was killed off in, in extinction, but able to come back. It makes this, the weird behavior of the Isaacs from earlier in this movie, a little bit more like explainable. Um, it kind of puts that power dynamic of Wesker and Isaacs into account because like, of course, Wesker is going to boss around to clone Isaacs because he's not the real deal. And, I felt like uh, I yeah. get to push my boss around, you know? <laughs> oh, I, I loved it. I thought this is so great, actually. Um, I maybe I was just not expecting very much from, from this series. Cause like when they said, kind of flippantly earlier like clones i was like yeah okay fine that's that's fine yeah Um, i think it perfectly describes the series is that it doesn't always work you know like none of the movies are perfect but like there's there's some like interesting ideas and attempts in there that always kind of win me over where i'm like oh wow okay yeah i i think that uh that this scene was like really good it was simple but it worked um and like there was something about like that this Isaacs had had a little bit more gravitas to him, like, and I don't know what it was, but he, he, he had a presence to him, and I think that Ian Glenn just has a presence in general. But he's a great actor. Yeah, this puts uh, on the cufflinks. Oh, dude, this is so good. He also (laughs) he immediately knows that the Red Queen has fucked him too. He's he's immediately just like we've been betrayed by the Red Queen. Um, so he's uh, he's like one step ahead of everybody, obviously. And by the way, he's augmented his physical self to be like super strong and fast and 
stuff like that. Mm. Well, and we we find out. Yeah, I did like his augments when they show those off, like of him like. Is that this scene? I I don't know if this is this scene or not, so maybe I'm giving it away, but I love the, like, combat prediction mode. It was Do so you? awesome. Yeah, oh, I thought I, it was awesome. That, that wasn't working for me, actually. I, I actually wrote that down next, where I was like, I don't know if I'm about these scenes. Like, because I, I feel like they just remind me of, I, I think I said this last episode or something, too, but it was like Sherlock or, like, something like that, where it's like, eh, this is kind of cheesy. I I don't know. I like the scanning stuff. They show the I don't know. I feel like I've seen that in other stuff, but I, I, I have too. It's um, I, I, yeah. I just thought it was appropriately wacky for well, the series. It was definitely wacky, and it definitely fit. That's that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, like he he just is like a badass because he's like, don't even try it because like you kind of see Alice doing that, and then Wesker's also doing that, and, like, he's fucking her up in, like, every simulation and whatever. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like a fantasy for them a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, and and we, we find out why eventually, but it, it, like, ends up making sense, like, it's... I mean, you can chalk it all up to, like, he instinctively knows, but it actually makes sense that he immediately is like, okay, yeah, it makes... I, I get the Red Queen. She's, she's betrayed us. That makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um... So also, by the way, it's worth mentioning that uh, the Alice and so the only member of the team that's left alive, Claire has been captured. Nobody yes. knows where she is. So the only members that are left are Alice and this doctor guy who Claire is dating, by the way. And uh, if it wasn't obvious who the mole is before, it's definitely obvious now. Um, and they go through the laser grid BT dubs, which I was just like, OK, we're setting it up. We're setting it up for a payoff. And uh, they make it to the inner sanctum and. Man, you have Alice and Isaacs finally face to face, but the doctor is the mole. Yeah, and uh, she killed her when he had the chance. Although, then we realize that uh, Alice gave him a loaded gun. But I think I'm skipping ahead for a second here. So, when Wesker said "wake them up," he was talking about the real Doctor Isaacs and also the real Alicia Marcus who is the older woman that we saw in the flashback when Wesker was explaining about this whole uh, orchestrated apocalypse gimmick. And uh, she's who the T-Virus was created for. And she, my friends, is the real Alice. Alice is just a clone of Alicia Marcus, who or what yes. she would have been if she was to live a normal life. This was awesome. Yes, I loved it. I loved uh, Mila Jovovich playing like this old version of herself. I thought she was awesome. Oh. Uh, and that's why it makes sense that he's like, oh, of course it's the Red Queen because the Red Queen is her. <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually like that they tied them all together and they, they point this out. They they pat themselves on the back, but... You know, oh, dude. The, the line of the movie was when Dr. Isaacs is like, the trinity of bitches as he's looking at <laughs> Alice, Alicia, and the Red Queen. <laughs> <laughs> that would that I that popped me, but they also there's the line where they're like, uh, the 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 girl who never had her childhood and the, the woman yes. that you become or something. You know what I mean? I, I don't remember the exact line, but like sh- showing how they're all like kind of one in the same, the interconnectedness of them, uh, which pays off in the end. I think pretty good. You know what? This is kind of a, a side story here, but I've been telling you that I, uh, I'm i a big fan of like the Sandman comics and I was going to start watching that show on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the main... It's not really a bad guy. It's not really... It's kind of like a force of nature, but 
is the the fates and the fates are represented uh, by three women one old one middle aged and one young and uh you know it's they kind of like interwevenly go between the three of them as well and like it's it actually just struck me that i watched this movie that did that and then later that night i watched a sandman which had the fates that kind of did that too so that's kind of cool i yeah i really like that how they they tie them all together yeah. and like it's just it's very cool there's there's some like little light we kind of commented on in some of the other movies but they they've gone pretty light with the story on alice it's more just been about like look look how fucked up this thing is that they've mm-hmm. done to her every movie and and like she, they just sell it really well i think but every there's a lot of movies where she sort of has this um they they sort of do the alien thing where she finds like kind of a younger girl like that she looks after a little bit sort of a a newt type thing but i like that they they like without really getting into it too much she just has like one throwaway line where she's just like I don't even know what my life is. I've just been running and fighting constantly. They sort of, it's sort of like by making the child in this one, like literally her that she kind of bonds with. uh, Mm -hmm. Like it's, I don't know. It sort of is sort of that connection or like that wanting to like know where, where you came from, you know? And that's kind of what the payoff for her is in the end. And I don't know. It worked for me. I agree. I think that really worked as well. I I love that it was like the past, present, and future altogether. I think Alice's payoff, which we'll talk about, is really great. Um, actually, I think like basically from this reveal, one little nitpick aside that I have, but I think that the rest of the movie was like awesome from here, from like the the moment where they all get to the inner sanctum. Um, so yeah, let's break it down. So we get there. The doctor turns mm-hmm. on Alice, but. Uh, this bloke has a gun that's not loaded. And uh, at the same time, Alicia Marcus, who owns 50% of Umbrella Corporation, fires Albert Wesker. And so the Red Queen immediately <laughs> fucks him up. And then Alice awesome. shoots the doctor. And then Claire finishes him off. This You're is great. Fire. <laughs> yeah. This is so Sick good. Sick moment, yeah. Yeah, so there's you, like a sh- struggle. Can you there. imagine Sorry. like no chance in hell starts playing and like <laughs> no chance. <laughs> yeah, so there's oh like God. a thing where like she also has power in the company, so the Red Queen can't hurt her, and it's fifty percent. So there's like a power struggle. I like that. Oh, like, I, I, it's this, funny. This reminds could... me of my day job. I have two fifty percent owners who also hate each other. So <laughs> <laughs> it's Little. like. I, I did kind of think, like, could Isaacs, he could figure out a different way to kill her or something? I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know well, like, he... Isaacs also adopted her, too, it's worth noting, as well, after... Yeah. So he, he murdered, um... Her dad. Uh, her dad. Mr. Mark... Dr. Marcus. Dr. Marcus, yeah. But So maybe it's it's more of a thing, like, he probably, like, didn't want to kill her. It was more like, okay, we'll just put her under and then... Once we do the Noah's Ark thing, she'll be fine. You know, she'll get yeah. over it. Um, so this was awesome. Claire kills the doctor, so the mole is gone. Wesker's all fucked up, and, like, he's kind of dying. But I think the best <laughs> moment here is when the Red Queen tells Isaacs, like, you are all going to die. Like, all of you in Umbrella. I This was so awesome. It was such an awesome callback to, like, the first movie. It kind of completed the arc of the Red Queen. Dude, I love this. It was so awesome. It was like, oh, that's the line. (laughs) But yeah, they, uh, 
I don't know. It's weird. It's just weird to me that the Red Queen even got a got a storyline. I <laughs> like. I wonder if that was like any of their. That couldn't have been any of their. That, no way. No way. That could have been. Uh, but that's what I mean. The they intention. took the they took the robot or whatever. Not the robot. The AI from the first movie. The clones that are only teased and in the opening scene of the third and fourth movie, and they mixed it together. <laughs> <laughs> and they made one ki- with the ki- the character who yeah. like, what's their backstory and they're like you know what it's all that stuff it's all that stuff combined she's everybody she's the whole series you know uh, we got we got ourselves a hell of a brawl going on here I love this this is good um, so we got Alice and Claire versus Isaac's and Claire is no match for no. Isaac's. <laughs> Isaac's this fucking guy he is he's brutal he is like throwing haymakers and i want to give a shout out actually to mila jovovich because she is a great seller she like honestly (laughs) when she gets hit her face looks like she's in so much pain and it's so expressive there were a couple moments in this fight where i was just like fuck like she like she looks like she's at wrestlemania like she looks so good in this fight i mean she's getting beat up and like obviously we want her to win but just like you could see the pain on her face it was it was awesome so we recently re- learned that she's, uh, you know, a, a singer <laughs> as well. Yes. Dick, um, maybe she also could have had, a, had another calling, a triple threat, maybe, as a professional wrestler. I mean, after watching Monster Hunter and six Resident Evil movies, I have no reason to believe that she can, like, beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar or something, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Isaac, Isaac's is it's just mauling Alice. He's just like, God, he's just fucking killing her. This is a brutal fight in the best way. I love this fight. But the ending was lame. Because Alice gets her, first of all, so they, they're they inside the laser grid, and I was like, fuck yeah, I can't wait for like the or they're in their laser room or whatever, and I was like, I can't wait for like the grid lasers to come in and like, that must be how she kills Isaacs. Because like, there's no way that she's more powerful. They can't do that again though. That's what they did in the third one. Uh, yeah, I know, but I did. I, I, I liked seeing it all dilapidated. That was cool. Like, it was all that was pretty cool. And, and, he, and he like smashes her through the actual glass too, which is pretty sweet. That was cool too. And like, I liked that they had her do a little video game like section where she had to like dodge a bunch. It was fun. Uh, and and she dodges them in the exact same way as the commander did in the first movie. Mm, I always wish that that guy could have stuck around a little bit longer. He was tight. Yeah. Yeah. But did a, you know, he was an AVP too, and he also yes. fucking died really early. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. You didn't like the end of the fight though, because uh, they not, didn't laser grid. Yeah, not this particular. I mean, the the overall ending was okay, but like um, in this one, so Alice gets her fingers lasered off, which is kind of cool. That was that, sick. So it's just like she puts a pocket. Or she puts a pocket. Jesus, she puts a grenade rather in Isaac's pocket. That explodes and kills him, but also somehow does not break the glass vial with the cure that's in his other pocket. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. I was like, I can actually accept that. It's like, it is what it is. Like, that's just, just, you know, it's Resident Evil. That's fine. But I was kind of disappointed. I wanted that laser or something. I wanted, like, maybe she had, mm. like, a laser gun or I don't know. I just, it, I thought that it was like, uh, what's that gun rule? The um, Chekhov's gun? Yes, thank Chekhov's gun. Maybe it's not quite the same because they did use the lasers, but I was 
I well, was I, just kind of like, damn, I, I want to see that grid come back. I thought it, I don't know, it worked for me because it was like, I, I, li- I like that twist of like they showed her doing all the acrobatics and then it's like, oh damn, but it actually got her. And then I liked that it was like, no, she she purposely did that to like distract him. And I, I sort of liked that of like she gave up her fingers there uh, as sort of a clever, I thought it was clever, I guess. So it worked for yeah. me. I guess it's the thing didn't blow up, I guess. That's whatever. It didn't really bo- bother me. But uh, I don't know. It sort it sort of worked for me. I, I don't I, I felt like it was a actual satisfying payoff to the fight, though. I, I don't know. I was like, I guess she has a grenade. That's fine. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was bad. I just I guess I was kind of like, oh, I want to see that laser grid because, you, you know, that's true. That's true. You do want to see someone get cubed. I feel like. We could have, it, it, it should have been more sudden, you know what I mean? Since we've seen it already, it definitely has diminishing returns. But I felt like maybe, uh, you know, we could have pushed someone into it or something. Maybe the doctor guy or somebody. Yeah, you know, that would have been nice. That would have been good. <laughs> Just shove uh, him in there. So, uh, so it's actually a big fake out. Because Isaacs is still alive. And not only is Isaacs alive, in fact, but his clone is still alive. And Isaacs earlier had been explaining to us that every single clone was programmed to think that they are the original to kind of up their survival instincts. And this Isaacs clone completely freaks out when he finds out that he is a clone and not the original and murders the real Dr. Isaacs and is then immediately eaten by a bunch of zombies. And the hive is destroyed and Alice throws the cure in the air and looks like uh, looks like the good guys have won. And this was a cool shot to end where Alice and, and Isaacs are kind of lying beside each other. They almost look like um, like a yin-yang, almost. Pretty yeah. cool. Ooh, we got some symbolism. <laughs> yeah. I do like it's as simple as, like, you just got to smash the thing on the ground, and then the wind takes it. <laughs> yeah, well, there. I guess that makes sense. You can't so smash it my underground. Question, underground, it won't My work. question is this. Because we know that the plan was to eradicate all of the, you know, the last remaining humans. They say they're going to be eradicated within 48 hours. We've got, like, 30 seconds left before that's complete. So you got to figure, like, 95 to 99% of those humans have been eradicated. And everyone that was in stasis in the hive has just been blown up. So there's got to be, like, 100 humans left on Earth. Maybe. I mean, they imply that she's going off to, like, find people, you know? Um, yeah, and yeah, actually, I kind of like this, too, because they also say, like... So, Alice... So, throughout this movie, by the way, they've said that this this cure is going to kill anyone infected with the T-virus, which Alice obviously is. But she lives because the her healthy cells are still there. It's just the... Uh, the T-virus cells that like, gives her powers are gone. So Alice is mm-hmm. is just a human now, a regular human. Even though she's a clone, she's more human than a lot. Um, and Alicia, in her final act, downloaded her memories for Alice to have. So she can kind of have a childhood and stuff like that. And uh, I thought yeah, that was I, a I, beautiful I like this. little payoff. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's my theory for a second. Um Oh yeah, I thought I thought it was ninety five percent sure that the doctor was going to be the mole, but I kind five of, percent of me was like, what if it's Claire? What if Claire's the mm. one that kind of fucks her? And I I thought maybe perhaps there was going to be two moles because like when Claire comes out at the end there for a second, I was just like, oh shit, 
But she was just coming out to get Alice, and it was yeah. fun. And she lives, and they're happy. That would have been fun. I like. I think they're. Uh, I think they don't want to portray any of the Resident Evil characters in a bad way, though. You know, <laughs> so I, th- I don't. Yeah. Think but they should have. I think they should have killed them all, and Clara should have been evil. She should have killed Chris. They should have brought Chris back and had Claire oh, kill him. Dude, can you imagine? He should oh have gotten God. cubed. I don't care. I think we should kill all of the the movie versions of these characters. I I wish that someone would have got cubed. To be honest, <laughs> I just anyone. I just want to see like somebody get fucking cubed in that thing. That's that too much to ask. That immediately puts this movie below, you know, three and one for sure. No cubing. Um. Yeah, I, I think I can agree with that, uh, and maybe a few more as well. So the cure is active, but until it's an airborne cure, so it doesn't work instantaneously. So until it traverses the world, there's a ton of zombies still. Yes. So yeah, Alice is going to go and beat their ass until that cure is uh, <laughs> is done its job. I love that part where it's like it's it's another one where it's like yeah she's still off and going, but they they sort of say you know this is this is it this is the end. Right I mean, you, you could totally do another. You could. <laughs> there's totally room for another movie. But yeah, this they is it. Could, if they wanted, they could do six more. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. They could oh, come totally. up with something else. It can. Because it's one of those things because I think people have, like, publicly, people, they're such low expectations. And we usually go into these being like, what are they going to do? Like, there's no. You know what I mean? There's no, like. Even though I think they're good, there's no like integrity. You know what I mean? Like they could they could just keep cranking these out, but obviously, and I think honestly it would be better than mm-hmm. whatever this the new movie was like. But yeah, I, I have no doubt that it would be like it wasn't like a it, this was a finale in the way that I mean like obviously we kind of figured out more about Alice and stuff like that, but like the way that this movie ended, I feel like was exactly the way that almost all the other movies have ended too, with like Alice kind of off to do a new adventure, like teasing Mm -hmm. a new something, you know? Yeah. They just usually don't end like with some, it's more positive because all the bad guys are dead. You know what I mean? And usually it's like, usually it ends with her like pulling wires or tubes out of her body or like, you know what I mean? Something horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like, this was nice. And I, and I like that. That was what made it a good ending is that she got, like you, you it, all the teases pretty much have been not not totally, but there it's been a lot about how dehumanizing all this is, and they've actually ended on a note that's like, you know, give giving her something back to her. So yeah, she's got her memories now, and she's uh, she's done. She's cured humanity. Hopefully, those... well, whatever humanity's left. But uh, yeah, happy ending for Alice. I will say, I think that. Uh, Post-credit scenes are a little bit overdone now, but I kind of was hoping for one just to, I don't know, just to see something if, like, maybe it showed us, like, 30 years into the future or something. But that <laughs> was not awesome. to be, unfortunately. What if it cuts to her, like, a little, like, cabin she's built, you know, she's, like, cooking oh, breakfast. Man. We don't even You've got the Red Queen there, but she's not a robot. <laughs> she's, like, a real-life little girl. It's your daughter. Like, That'd be great. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> I love, that's, that's great. Paul's <laughs> That'd there. That'd so tight. <laughs> oh, it. And he turns to the camera and he says, hi, I'm Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, my God. That would be so wicked. That, oh, my wow. God. They should like they should make the extended cut and put that in. I wonder if that's on the DVD. I have to, to buy that DVD and see if there's uh, any deleted scenes yeah. there. Yeah. It's a 2016 DVD. 
you know, that's where the, yeah. the special features really might, start drying up in this era. Yeah, well, you might have to buy the Blu-ray then. I think Blu-ray, <laughs> you could still get a few features uh, in 2016. Sure, but even that yeah, yeah. Might be pushing it. Okay, really quickly. Um, this movie made, uh, it was made for $40 million, had a budget of $40 million, and it made... Three hundred and twelve million worldwide, but only twenty six million in the United States. So almost all the box office came from China. So you know, thank you China for allowing these Resident Evil movies to continue to happen. Um, <laughs> God, it's exactly what you'd expect on Rotten Tomatoes: thirty seven percent critics, forty seven percent audience, and uh, the critic consensus isn't very nice. So we won't even read that. But. Um, yeah, I guess I ha- I'll have two questions for you here, Goo. A thumbs up or thumbs down as a movie, and a thumbs up and thumbs down as the conclusion to our saga of Alice. Um, I thought it was a good conclusion for sure. Uh, so thumbs up, and as a movie, even I, I mean, I just I enjoyed it. I think, like I said, it was kind of scrappy, kind of mm-hmm. things that disappointed me, but I think they. That's the thing. It's like I not not everything works, but I kind of just appreciate what like what they're going for, and I and I love. I don't know. It's still it's still schlocky and fun, and that's it's it's got that, and it's got a little bit of heart. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. I, I I give it a big thumbs up. No hesitation for a conclusion to the series. I think it's actually like a movie. Um, I, I, I still give it a thumbs up, but I, I think it's actually one of the worst Resident Evil movies. If you, until like, until it gets to the part at the hive at the end, like, I think that the movie was not all that great up until then. Um, but I think it's still good enough to give uh, a thumbs up to. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it, uh, it works. It's, it's a serviceable end. we got a happy ending for our heroes. Um, well, the ones that we know are alive anyways. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm a little bit sad that we're not going to, you know, spend any more time with Alice. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed. I, I hope that they make, I don't know, another Monster Hunter because they teased that as like a sequel in that one. So, I, yeah, because I, I would like to she's see She's basically more. Alice in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we definitely will have to revisit the Resident Evil Apocalypse on our Patreon page and do some commentary for that. Maybe oh, actually even sure. soon. I would love to do that. That would be give a that movie one, a second yeah. look. Yeah. Uh, quick tidbits. So, yeah, I just realized. Um, okay, so we uh, so we asked Dang it. Um, anyone if they had any questions for us after our Resident Evil journey, and we got a few, but they were basically all the same question. So we asked you guys if you had any questions for us at the conclusion of our Resident Evil journey over the last uh, four years. And we got a few, but they were basically all the same questions. So I'm going to uh, paraphrase here and um, and ask the question. After this journey you both took, what is your favorite and least favorite film in the franchise? So I, I think that I know my answer, Goo. Do you know your answer? Um, yes, I do. My fav- I think that we might have the same answer. Okay, so let's start with the best, because I'm pretty sure we have the same answer for the best. I My favorite movie is Resident Evil Retribution, so number five. Yes, it was very just action-packed, 
like didn't let go all these cool settings you know like i would legit tell someone like you I can't should hear watch. goo but i'm sure he's talking about the <laughs> I, I am talking about it yeah can you hear me now oh something. i can hear you there okay so i was just saying like yeah it was like relentless fast-paced yeah. different cool settings awesome action movie i would tell almost anyone to watch it with the caveat of there's like four movies before it so you might not they catch I, you i up, think though. that they do a really good job recapping you even before that actually and it doesn't matter this is one where that's one where like the plot doesn't really matter you know what i mean yeah like it's so, just, basically it's like escape from the facility it, it's, it's like a, really awesome in terms of the overarching story it's like a, a filler <laughs> movie but it's the best one for sure I think by I, far. I agree. I, I think far and away it's my favorite. I I think that I would say that I I like the first. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. like Retribution is comfortably number one, but I think that the first is is number two. Um, well, I, I don't know. Extinction was also really good, actually. Extinction. Well, the third one. Sorry. The. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, those would be my top three. I think. My least favorite one is um, Afterlife. I think that that one was was pretty bad. Yeah, the fourth. I really, yeah, thinking back on it, I really don't like, you know, the crew where they're hanging out, the setting. I was bummed. I love the opening scene was awesome in four with the clones. Yeah, actually, that was so sick. But the rest of the movie was all downhill. And I liked liked the Matrix fight scene at the end, (laughs) but... uh, those the the beginning and the end of that movie were some of the my favorite parts of the series, but I would agree with you. I think it overall as a movie, it's pretty weak. It's just kind of like a a bland, ugly movie. Like the the yeah. setting is mostly just in like dilapidated buildings, and like Arcadia is kind of an ugly looking ship. And I think that Chris doesn't really work in that movie. Kind of feels like a, I don't know, just kind of like a a jobber. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that one's the worst. I you know I would be, I would be tempted to say Goo that I think that final chapter might be the second worst. Yeah, I might. I I think I agree with you actually. I liked a lot about it. Like it's another one. Both, yeah, I will say though both of those movies, like I said, they both have things in them. Whether it's like a action scene or like a story thing that I think is like some of my favorite parts of the whole series, but. That's that's kind of the thing with the series. It's kind of like uneven. You know what I mean? Like it has high highs and low lows. I, I think if you were to ask me right now on the spot, I would say Retribution is number one. Um, the first movie is number two. Extinction is number three. Apocalypse number four. Uh, Final chapter number five, and then Afterlife is number six. But I think Afterlife is number six by like actually like a lot. So mm. I yeah. think. Yeah, I'm pretty much similar. I like two a lot more, even though it's it's just kind of another goofy one. But I, I don't know. It yeah, rem- it reminds me the most of like a horror movie from that period. That and it just reminds me of my childhood because I watched it as a kid and just like kind of a schlocky horror movie that I watched as a kid. It's it's the most like actual horror e one out of all mm-hmm. of them. Uh, but also, she rides the motorcycle and blows up a liquor with it, which is tight. um okay well anything else that you want to say about uh resident evil the franchise the saga mila paul any of the guys that we've been you know riding with for the last six years before we get on out of here 
No, yeah, it was a great journey. Um, we still got other journeys to go on. We still got our bowl journey, you know, so. Yes, that's right. It's not really a series. We're about to start a new journey in the next uh, couple months over on Patreon, by the way, now that Captain N has ended, and I I don't think that we're ready to reveal that yet, but no. I'm excited for that. Ooh, I like the tease, yeah, and get, that's we'll gonna be fun. Resident Evil 2 soon. Yeah, and, and... Uh, here's a here's a peek behind the curtains too for, for while we're plugging our Patreon page. This has been maybe the most fucked up episode of virtual theater we've ever done. Oh yeah, technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to release this whole episode unedited uh, on our Patreon account, so that yeah, you know you could you'll you'll hear the episode as is, but you can hear how ridiculous this you'll recording hear has me. been. So I've actually I can't wait to listen to that. Well, well true because. I'm going to hear you say things you didn't, I didn't hear, and you're going to hear me say things. Yeah. And you're going to hear me get really pissed a lot, which is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So this is, uh, man, it bittersweet. Like you said at the top of the show, I think is the appropriate verbiage here. But, um, you know, hopefully we see Alice again one day in Monster Hunter or one of those other movies. In a lot of ways our audio recording was much like the series when it worked it was great and sometimes it derailed and it was a fucking train wreck (laughs) (laughs) it's a fitting ending i'm waiting to find like 30 hundred fucking gooey fame clones from my basement or something (laughs) (laughs) turn around (laughs) oh my god um by the way, because I mentioned this in our numerous outtakes in the show, but shout out to my cat. She uh, uh, she was chasing a fly earlier. She's keeping us all safe. She's hunting. Part, so. Yeah, it could have the T-Virus. Uh, yeah, there it is, man. The Resident Evil saga from Paul W. is is done in the book. Six movies, four years of virtual theater, and we finally reached the end. It's been quite the journey, and we're yes. thankful for Paul and for Mila for, for giving mm. us this journey. And... Um, you know, we usually do a bunch of plugging at the end here, but I, I feel like we should just end it on like a like a thank you to to these two for supplying our podcast with so many uh, memorable moments, good and bad, over the years. And uh, you know, I'm I'm sure that these new movie these new movies have a lot to live up to. Put it that way. Uh, yes, and thank you, Andy, for taking us through the story. Well, and thank you, Gooey, for your insight and expertise as oh, always. Thank you. Um, all right, guys, at Virtual Theater X, at Spateri316, at Gooey Fame, Virtual Theater, wherever you get your podcasts, like and subscribe. We're on Patreon. We got merch. We, uh, we're we doing all that stuff, so make sure that you check us out, and uh, we will see you next time. See you later, everybody. Bye.